Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shit shot next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. So the big news from the weekend, lads, I suppose, is, well, Corrafin won four in a row, but we're used to that. Um, Boris Ali um, beat Ballygunner, a huge shock. And there's something about this time of the year in the hurling championship. The hurling club has kicked into gear. We're still waiting for the football, I think. Maybe maybe you want the Euro to beat Ballyboden or something for a nice shock, you know, to, to, get a, to get that kind of going. I think the hurling matches have been a lot more exciting. Um, we had the cockerel, or the cock, or whatever you want to call it, was back up um, in the mix. Brian Carroll, you're on, on Skype here. What, what, what did you make of this? What do you make of this cock? <laughs> the cock. Come on, Willie, you're better now. <laughs> the cock to the north, as, as uh, they were explaining yesterday on Twitter, uh, Boris Lee used to um, have that as a, an old tradition and they brought it back into play this year, obviously. But just some crack in fairness, seeing the cock being thrown up three or four times. I think animal rights are going mad on Twitter. They'll be all right. It's only well, a bit of banter. So uh, yeah. it's great to have tr- traditions like that you know, filtering through clubs. I think that's what makes the GA so unique. It's, it does. It's class, really. It does. It really does. And this is unique to me. I haven't seen this really before. Um, oh, his owner, the cock- cockerel, is it a cockerel or a cock or cockadoodle do or whatever it is, a cockerel. <laughs> uh, he, he says cockadoodle do. His owner, George Graham, was on TG Cahar yesterday after the game and he explained the history um, that Brian just touched on there. In 1948 or 49, Boris Lee and Eilid joined up clubs. Eilid is just up the road, it's, it's in the parish. So it's Boris Eilid from 48 or 49 in Sean Kenny's era. And then up beside Eilid on a Sunday morning after mess, um, is it Paddy Darcy? It wasn't Paddy Darcy. It is that Brian, da- one of the Darcy's anyway, used to be selling headbands and things outside the mess. And after that then, he'd, he'd always have a few cocks and hens with him. He used to walk to the match every day with the cock and with the streamers on the cock's leg. 
So when Boris Lee got going around that time, then they were they were good around them in that era. They were the cocks of the north. That's the way they call them. And they, Sean Kenny, you see him on the All Ireland marching out the tip team with the chest out, like they were perceived to be the cocky club at the time. But we had not to be cocky about for the last 33 years. So he went. He, the last time he was out in '87 in Croke Park for the All Ireland until this year, because we wouldn't know finals. So he's he's bringing us he's bringing us a great bit of luck. Paddy the Cock. So he's a granddad. So yeah, it goes back a long time. The Cocks of the North, cocky kind of club. And the poor cockerel has been in, in retirement pretty much for the last 33 years, Conan, because he only comes <laughs> out for finals. And Boris yeah. Lee hadn't been in him until this year. That was a great interview. Like, and he uh, is talking about them having their chest puffed out and walking around as the Cocks of the North, but haven't done it in three decades. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're rubbing everybody's faces now again when they're there. No, brilliant. Like, again, where else would you get it? Like, you know, yeah. I think we should have a slot dedicated to this is what the GA is all about yeah. because this is just exceptional. And like. I was thinking last week, or last week, the last time after county final they need to name this cockerel because like I mean you know it's nothing without a name and he does have a name it's Paddy the Cock which is a very disappointing <laughs> oh, name really yeah. and under, really underwhelming Paddy <laughs> it doesn't even rhyme you yeah. know it doesn't even there's nothing catchy about Paddy the Cock at all <laughs> like, I mean, oh you could talk about this mascot all day but we won't we'll move on because like I mean in fairness I don't know what it is about village teams you'll have to explain this to us Brian because for me looking at that game like it turned into a battle and yeah. when it turned into a battle, it's that village spirit. Just you could see it driving them on. Yeah, and look, we spoke about that last week. That they, they weren't they weren't going to make it pretty. And look, the weather obviously helped from that perspective and made it near impossible for flu and hurling. But yeah. look, there was a couple of big things. Um, Jerry Kelly obviously threw himself around. He had a massive hit there in the second half. Oh yeah, and then even just he kicked the ball down along the line a couple of times. And you seen Dan McCormick had something similar. They were prepared to do anything, put their bodies in the line, kick it, hit it, whatever it's a bloody token. Like their their approach in the second half was very agricultural. It was like just get it and lump it down on top of their big men yeah. and just win dirty ball. And that's all they did. And in complete contrast to Bally Gunner, um, obviously so well coached and brilliant at what they do, but almost to a fault because they were so insistent on playing the short ball. Like they were chasing the game in the last couple of minutes and just playing ball around their own half-back line. And it was just it was so suiting um, Borsali at that particular stage. There comes a time like where you just need to win your own ball, and the heart and determination that we see seen yesterday from Borsali, it just is going to win out on certain days. And and I think that's I think we can all relate to that in some shape or fashion. You know, we love that. And I think you're right. I don't think it's just a, a, a club thing, or a, sorry, a village thing, but... Like Bursley brought that in spades yesterday, and if you look back over their statistics of their of their recent knockout games in both Tipperary, obviously, and and in Munster, they've been winning these games in a really tight margin. The only game they won by um, by any sort of a margin was the county final, and that was by three points. The rest were by two and by one. So it just shows that they they really believe if they get it into a dogfight, they can actually do it. So um, you know, full credit to them. I think it wasn't like. It wasn't a game for the purists, but it brought something else all together and it was really enjoyable and, and really engrossing, really, watching it. Yeah, no, it definitely was. And we're going to talk to Johnny Kelly, a man you know plenty about because he obviously yeah. won a county title with, with you guys. And then I for, I'd forgotten about that and then I was thinking of the two young lads playing with the school. I'm sure he was ringing your phone um, last week to try and iron that out. 
Exactly, yeah, he was, yeah. And we're trying not to let him hurl. And look, as I said last week, the boys hurled for 20 minutes in fair play and didn't do him any harm. No. But like, look, ended up two boys 18. Like, like JD Devaney was being man marked by Barry Coughlin, like a county, retired county full back. Like, that shows how, how much like he is a prospect. And then obviously, Kevin Maher's been marked by Ian Kenny, the regular full back. So, you know, Ballygunner had their homework done from that. But Bursley changed their tactic because they were lumping in high on top of those two boys and it wasn't paying off but they put their bigger men inside the likes of Niall Kenny and, and Jerry Kelly and getting them underneath the high ball and brought the, the two younger lads out the field so Johnny was astute from that perspective yeah. you know he didn't just leave them in there or, or, or whip them off which you often see with corner forwards you know he got them out and, and, and did a different role with them but just speaking with Johnny for a second I actually texted him last night to say congrats another big win whatever and he just texted me back saying you know, heart is a great tactic. And if you can get that into a team, anything is possible. And I just thought, you know, sometimes we, we get so caught up in all the, the professionalism of approaches and he's so right, do you know. Yeah. And I, it just I just think that needs to be noted that, look, I believe it that way anyway. That's that's my approach to hurling and, and to football probably in general. But, you know, you often hear the most successful teams talk about that, the need for... Um, working hard on top of all the tactics you know you're probably going across the soccer I support Liverpool obviously and you see Jurgen Klopp about that as well very much the need that you have to have that that intensity as well as everything else that you know that belief in what they're doing as well as obviously the, the real skillful players Yeah no de- definitely like I mean I don't know what it is about this time of the year I think Conan as well like I mean it absolutely in hurling makes sense to just get that ball down in there and yeah. I think even in football as well the ball's greasy there's too much scope for errors out the field, you know, coughing up turnovers and messing around with it. Get the bloody thing in long. It's winter football mm. and winter hurling. There must be a different way of playing at this time of the year, potentially. Yeah, but it's also like the biggest game of some of these lads' lives. Like, you know, I know people like Brendan Maher and stuff won all Ireland's with Tipperary and all that, but like, this is like the very pinnacle for a lot of club players. And Connor Laverty of Cuckoo, we've talked about Cuckoo before as a village team and that sort of classic uh, mentality. He had a great interview in the Irish News and he was explaining it's not like, you know, there's nothing going on but football. That That's a big help as well. But he, he was saying, like, we always have to pull together. Like, he was coaching under 12s when he was 16 because he had no other coach. And everybody has to get involved in the club some way or another to keep the club going. And then I think when it comes down to it in a boggy November day and, like, you've got a place in a provincial final on the line, you are going to pull together a wee bit more, I think. Yeah. No, and, like, I mean, we all know the tragedies that, you know, have happened in Boris Ali. And I thought T.G. Cahill went on about that a bit too much after the game yesterday in the interviews because Brendan Maher kind of covered that in the county final win and then they were back asking him again and like I'd be interested to ask Johnny Kelly how much they've leaned on that you know Brian because like I mean the sports psychologists tell us that you're not supposed to play on emotion you're supposed to be a little bit more clinical than that yeah, I think I don't think they would have played on that in a, in a Munster final, to be no. honest. And and you would have heard like Johnny Kelly come out of it, Brendan Mark come out of it. I think it was Jerry Kelly as well. The four to one is what they were yeah. zoning in on. Yeah. You know, they were really driving that one home. And you know, and like think of it from a personal perspective. There's only so much you can lean on that emotion. No disrespect to anyone that's obviously that's passed or in in the past, because obviously I've had it myself with my own dad. You know, it's just that doesn't work. And you can't keep going back to the same well all the time and expecting that. You do need something else that we're going to drive you. And look, good managers will find that. And we know, we've heard of all these stories, even if sometimes they have to make it up, um, a reason to drive your team that day, whether it's to hate the opposition for some particular thing that they said or didn't say, it doesn't matter. You just certainly just get it into your head. And I think the one that Barcelona honed in on was the four to one. And you could hear that coming out in them. And look, what a brilliant motivating factor. Like in, in a Munster final, 
Um, and especially personally, while they don't have the tradition of late, they still have it within their club. They've done it you know, once, they, yeah. You yeah. know, they've done it once. And that brings its own unique confidence, in-build confidence. And uh, they wouldn't have been liking, obviously, the, the, all the talk about Ballygunner. It was it was set up for a fall, being honest. And well, now, obviously, they just about got there. And a debatable free at the end, too, but they got there. They got Bizarre there. refereeing, I thought, as well, by the way. I'm a, I'm a big Jerry Kelly fan, I have to admit. I love him. <laughs> I love watching him. He's a big, burly lad. Puts, his, puts himself around brilliant sideline plays the game kind of with a smile on his face like he's out there really enjoying himself and then he did a really good interview afterwards as well um, you know for such a young lad he spoke really well like I'm all over this fella I want to see him play an intercounty now so I can see more of him <laughs> yeah he, he's, he's a great joke in fairness and the sideline as well that was audacious oh, yeah. inside, the, inside the 14 yard line and whips it over, whips it over. and like especially because that was his right hand side so he was cutting across the ball right so it was, it was a great score it's almost impossible then from that side yeah from, from that angle it was really difficult yeah being honest but uh, just shows the cockiness but you know every score Barcelona got they just you could see them like celebrating the whole team was celebrating so every score was massive and even every free they won was massive whereas you know like I know it's it's easy be, being intelligent or clever afterwards or hindsight whatever but like Ballygunner were very clinical and you know there wasn't the same fist pumping or, or, or belief in that they were just getting on with their job but they left Borussia in the game and the longer the game went on obviously the more the likes of Jerry Kelly and obviously Brendan Maher the main guy were able to you know, influence the players around them and just have that belief because in fairness to them they reacted well to that goal too because it looked like Ballygunner had you know when they snuck in for that goal that they might have just done enough to actually see it out but Bursley dug deep again Yeah no they definitely did that's kind of when the favourites get a late goal like that you think that's it's actually just just I'll make this comment we have to move on off that I thought Ballygunner you wonder how they won it last year without Desi Hutchinson because Mm. it seemed to be so over-reliant on him it's incredible you know I know he's a brilliant player we look forward to seeing him playing with uh, Waterford uh, next year and obviously we look forward to seeing Offaly who Johnny Kelly as their coach uh, Brian, so he'll be double. He's double jobbing along with Michael Fenley, who's Michael double jobbing. Double so, like, jobbing, there'll yeah. be no teachers in the school at all next year coming <laughs> up the Christmas up until the end of January. Yeah, and look, at the moment, they're obviously they're trying to fit it around their own training. So, awfully, we're doing, I think it was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and you know, assuming then that both of those other clubs are doing Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. So, um, right. They are making it work at the moment, but uh, yeah, it's certainly... Look, I suppose the only good thing from an Offaly perspective is that uh, the club All-Ireland semi-finals and finals have been brought forward. It's earlier, yeah. Looking at the 4th and the 19th of January, so it is earlier. So. Yeah, no, definitely. Corofin win four in a row. So, like, I mean, how they just have the hunger to come back and go into another battle in, in you know, poor conditions? And we know now they'll, they'll be in one more big battle in January and then they'll hit Croke Park and who's going to lay a glove on them there? Like, I mean, I don't know how they continue to do it. They've won seven in a row in Galway and they've won five Connacht from that so like that's that's some going like I'm, I always think of Port Leash example since 04 when we won one we only won one, one other one maybe out of 16 counted two out of 16 yeah. <laughs> and Connacht is no easy provincial club to win because Mayo clubs tr- are traditionally good and Roscommon are decent as well so like I mean uh, Kieran Malloy was talking after a game he says great to have another Connacht title it's probably something we never dreamed of when we won our first in 91 they've won 10 since 91 Conan and isn't it great for a team whose sort of model is total football that they're able to just mix it and not get yeah, caught at this yeah, time of year? Yeah. They, they'll do what they have to do and like that game was six each and it seems to be the pattern over the last, even from the, the county final, even last year's county final, they just rely on one moment of brilliance 
to get them over the line in these games and they'll just do all the work that they have to do and as that like Alex Ferguson used to say is match the other team for effort and then the quality will shine yeah. through and it seems like they're willing to do that until February and then they just open teams up then. it is it's unbelievable how they can just come back and like you know when you're going in favourites to a game Brian and the manager tells you look if we if we match these for effort we should see it out but like I mean to continually do do that because they're favourites for all you know most games then it's it's is it their, their level in the 42nd minute and Pierce has looked like they're making a real game of it. It's niggly, it's messy. Yeah. You could almost make the same argument at that time. This could end up like Boris Ali, Bally Gunner, but no, Carafin don't let that happen. Liam Silk scores a screamer and they they run out seven, six or seven point winners. Yeah, the, the, the consistency for them is unbelievable. And I think like if, if you were listening to what they were saying yesterday after the game as well, the way the Galway Championship is set up, they know, like they literally said, they know the Championship starts after the Galway races. So their players get to kind of enjoy the summer. Some of them get to go to America. Um, they play the Sevens Tournament and, and they're so successful in the Sevens Tournament, the Kilmacud Sevens Tournament as well. But as well, reading during the week, they're saying that they rely very heavily on actually that model of football where it's, you know, small-sided games or conditioned games where a lot of players getting a lot of touches. So they're all comfortable on the ball. Yeah. I think that's probably the key. You know, and we seen that yesterday, like the cornerback propping up for a goal. And it's not the first time we've seen that with Corofin, you know. So it just shows like it is total football. And we've heard that probably thrown around a little bit um, a little bit too easily. But at the same time, Corofin are they're able to mix it. You know, Park Pierce has stood into them there for a while and tried to to physically impose themselves on it but you know Curfin they're able to do both they're able to do both Kevin O'Brien their manager said after the game he said it was hot and heavy in there particularly 10 minutes before half time we got in, we got involved in stuff no more than Pierce's. I like that. Like he's not he's yeah. not he's not saying no. Well, it was one side. Well, we got stuck in. We we're well able for that kind of a game yeah. as well. And they are they're, they're they're tough men as well as brilliant footballers. It was interesting. Kevin O'Brien also said after the game he said in the past we've taken some time off. This is after winning it, but with six weeks we'll have to rethink that. I'm not sure six weeks is not that long away. So you know about this, Brian. I know about mm. this. And this 12-week wait and it's poxy and it's too long and it's over Christmas. It's still over Christmas, but it's halved. So now yeah. everything that Currafin have done before, they have to rip that up now and have to try and find the best way of using that six weeks. Yeah, it's not easy now, being honest, because we would have taken a few weeks off, being honest. Um, obviously, it was our first and only title so far. Um, and we went absolutely bananas for a couple of weeks. Um, there's no point saying otherwise. And uh, one of the lads actually got married as well. So we, we had a great um, couple of weeks enjoyment and then got back down to it. But yeah, six weeks, I think they can take no more than a week, week and a half off, being honest. And I think they're going to have to get back on the bike pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, it does, yeah. It does ruin your Christmas. I think there used to be an element of enjoyment where you're training in or around Christmas when you're in a Ireland semi-final. You know, you might train whether it was Christmas Day or Stevens Day, but I think you enjoyed that. You almost, it was novel. It was like, yeah. you know you're in something really important. But they're actually so close to the game that they're going to be serious training sessions, I think, um, this year. If, they, if You know, they'll, it'll be part of the schedule. Like the, the, Do you know the way kind of nights go all over the place at Christmas time? Yeah. Um, I think they'll be still sticking to their, their regimental, you know. Oh, they'll have um, to. They'll have the to. The Wednesday, Friday, Sunday kind of a job. Yeah. Um, no, they're, def they're, definitely, they're definitely going to have to do that because, like, I mean, it's the 4th, 5th of January, these semi finals. Like, your yeah. New Year's and your Christmas is completely, is completely gone. 
completely gone. You yeah, know? yeah. There's no doubt about that. We'll be interesting to see. I say you went uh, mad for uh, one or two weeks after you won it. I went to Southeast Asia for seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you would have missed the semi-final in this calendar. <laughs> I wouldn't have been back from it. Yeah? No, you see, well, I wouldn't have gone. So yeah. I'm blame. I'm blaming the structures of the championship that messed up that for me. But anyways. Talking about Portlaoise, a rogue beat Portlaoise pretty well um, on Saturday night. It was, you know, a convincing win. I thought Portlaoise had done enough to get back into it at halftime. But, you know, I've, I've been saying about Portlaoise, I've been consistent about Portlaoise. What I've said about them is that they haven't been playing well this year at all. And you're hoping for them, you're hoping for them to spark into life and be able to account for Airog at home and then maybe, you know, go up against... In, in, in hindsight, it's a blessing in disguise that they haven't got to Ballyboden because you'd be afraid of what they'd do to them in that, in that yeah. kind of form. Um, Airog absolutely deserved their place in the final and will, I'm sure, be able to put it up to, to Ballyboden if they're going to drop some players back behind the ball and turn it into a battle. That's what I'd be doing if I was them anyways. I'm sure that is what they're going to do. But they got hammered last year in the semi-final. I'd forgotten this by Mullen Ahokta, 215 to three points. They have the same manager, Joe Murphy, you know, and that come back this year and account for Sarsfields, who killed their champions, like have been Leinster champions only two years ago at Moorfield, maybe three years ago, and then Portlaoise, who would be second to Dublin for maybe the last 15 years. So massively impressive uh, from Airog, and it can't be taken away from them. There was nothing lucky about this. No, there really wasn't. They looked, it was a boring enough match, but they looked a better team. Like You're right, Portlaoise came back into it. I think they got 1-3 in the first half, and I thought they were going to just start running away, and Airog tightened up more, and then come out in the second half and they just started opening them up again. I was a little bit disappointed with Portlaoise at how easily they were being counter-attacked. Like, they were being suckered on the yeah. counter-attack. Yeah, and that's the oldest trick in the book, really. Like You it shouldn't is. be getting suckered on a counter-attack like, anymore. And I don't think Ballyboden will let that happen. Now, I'm sure Arrow will have new plans or to bring something a little bit different to be mindful of that anyway. But yeah, like you know, Portlaoise got a little bit spooked by all the numbers now. Like Arrow defended brilliantly and there was a stage when Portlaoise were on this run and uh, Bruno McCormick got the ball and somebody made a brilliant run on behind and all it was going to take was a hand pass over the top. But McGilligan, we talked about Michael Fitzsimons in the Ireland final, McGilligan just stepped off away from McCormick, stopped the goal and they took the point. Do you know, it was just yeah. that br- brilliant bit of unselfish defending that just conceded the point and not the goal when they might have just lost the game at that point. Yeah, we, Joe Murphy said about that Mullinahock to loss, he said, we're still finding our feet in the competition. We weren't very experienced and got suckered that day. It's, it's a big turnaround, Brian, really, like in the space of a year. To, like, that's why I wasn't really giving Airog a chance against Sarsfields or against Portlaoise. They just hadn't done enough in Leinster. And I, that win, the Sarsfields win and the Portlaoise win, absolutely now puts them back. I suppose where they belong, considering how good they were in the 90s and how many Le- they're second to Vincent and Portlaoise with five Leinster titles. They're back at the top table in Leinster now. Yeah, they are. But I think you're right. Like, look, I, I follow Portlaoise because I taught there, obviously, and I've taught some of the, the boys that were playing on Saturday night <clears throat> and they haven't been playing well. And missing Paul Catalan, obviously, is a yeah is, is a big, big loss as well, obviously, because he has been their, their go-to guy alongside Bruno um, the last few years. So, you know, they haven't been playing well. I wasn't surprised to see Airog turn them over, but I probably was surprised to see the manner of it in that second half. You know, like, Portlaoise only getting a point from, from a free in the second half. The more or less lay down in their home ground as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was very disappointing. But you're right, Aerog, like, you know, they're so successful inside in Carlo and probably learning from last year, there was no way they were gonna let Port Leash turn them over, you know, in any sort of considerable fashion. But the, I I think they were they were willing to do whatever it took. Yeah, it um, seems on to Saturday be that. evening. 
Seems you know, to be that, yeah. And poor Leash certainly, like, they're winning. They've just, you know, I know they're doing enough in Leash, but, you know, they're certainly not the team that they used to be. No, no, they're definitely not. We all, I think people appreciate that, you know, and they've mm. been, teams are getting closer to them in Leash, and then you get struggling over the Wicklow champions. That shouldn't really be happening, no disrespect to them. But it was interesting, Aerog and Port Leash, they've won 64 county titles between them, and they'd never played before. Yeah, that was a club. It's a mad, mad stat, oh, yeah. yeah. There were some weird refereeing decisions in this Conan, and this was a convincing win, and we're not throwing any doubt on that but Jesus the penalty how on earth was that a penalty that was outrageous Keir Lillis looking up at the ball and Gannon blatantly dived he should have got a yellow card for diving like look and it's not sour grapes the penalty was saved it didn't have any bearing on the game but how would a referee give that a penalty for that I have no idea like Lillis went up like as you said his eyes on the ball for about five seconds and like his knee didn't even go into Gannon or no. anything it wasn't like you know while he was jumping no. he connected with him Gannon was at the side and fell Gannon did and what soccer players do and I, to be honest that's horrific stuff in Gaelic games like I mean that should be highlighted a little bit more he dived yeah. he tried to buy a penalty and got it I, I, I don't know if Lillis even knew he was there like no. I genuinely don't he just had his eyes in the ball he went up and caught it and actually very impressive how you like you would have been going apeshit there if you were him. Like, you've just gone up and caught the ball yeah. and the rest given a penalty. But did, did, did that sum up Port Leash's lacklustre kind of performance? They didn't even query that that much. Yeah. You know, like almost but just I, I thought Lillis couldn't. Sorry to cut across you. I thought oh. Lillis couldn't query it because he was on a yellow. Yeah. He was after clipping a lad across the face just previously. Could have got another yellow. And then he gave away a penalty. Yeah. You know, he, he did query it a little bit, but he couldn't keep pushing the point because your man comes around and says, well, actually, hold on a second now. This is your second foul since your yellow card. Yeah, but even Brody you know, should so have been coming out and, you know, the little dive yeah, action. should have been someone else. Gary, yeah, Gary yeah. Sice was at it against the yeah, Pearsons yeah. when one of the lads made too much out of it. They're all making too much out of it, but this wasn't one because Jordan Morrissey obviously got Lilith sent off, went down holding his face. He got tackled in the stomach, mm. which wasn't nice to see either because, like, I mean, the game had gone away from Port Leash as far as I'm concerned. Lilith had been playing well. He scored... An unbelievable 1-1 off his weaker left foot, off the outside of his left foot. Yeah. So he's a right-footed player. But like, I mean, Colin Boyle can have no complaints about his sending off. But I thought Lillis is sending off. Now, you have to take this into context that he could have got a second yellow for the other one. So like, but if you're just to, to, to analyse his second yellow in isolation, it was a horrific second yellow, really. Cause this was Jordan Murphy, Murphy, Morrissey going down holding his face. Yeah. And you don't want to see that either. Yeah, and it wasn't like a, a rough foul. Like, I think it was technically a foul because he brought his hand on the back, you know, that classic. Fou- like, it was probably yeah, a but, foul. But, yeah, it was borderline a foul. Like, yeah. I think it was just like, oh, keep your hand off your back and you might get it. He came side on and tried to get the ball. Yeah, slapped you know? at the ball. Yeah, and like, and if you are, even if you're taken out of isolation, it's like, is he being checked because of this apparent foul in the box earlier? Do you know what I mean? So that's accumulating to his yeah. overall red card, like him apparently fouling uh, Gannon in the box for the penalty. Like yeah. That shouldn't come into consideration because all he did is catch the ball there. So. Yeah, no, listen, they were two disappointing ones, but definitely the Gannon dive. Bla- I, the Morrissey one, we've seen that before. He gets the contact, he's running across someone and we've probably all bought a free for stuff like that, Brian. Like, I mean, I'm sure you have, you kind of go, cut across a lad, you know you're going to get contact and you, you go down now. You wouldn't go down usually holding your face, but maybe you would if you want. If you want to get him sent off, that's fair enough. But Sean Gannon's dive was something that you see in soccer, not in Gaelic football. Yeah, like I don't like the diving and holding your face. Like if you're not, if you're not bursted. Like what are you doing that for? Like, I, when he's I, trying to get him know, sent off, that's what yeah, exactly. I know. What he's not, doing. I, I, know I, I get that, but obviously, I, I just don't think that way. I suppose, and you know that I, I've had this argument with you loads of times. I, I'm totally against that sort of stuff, and I, I agree with you. I think we need to actually be systematic about it and try and cut it out of the game 
Um, sometimes the linesman might have a better view of that than the, than the referee, but I think any sort of diving like that needs to be certainly something done about it. I don't know what at the moment. I didn't think about the sanction, but I definitely think it needs to be try and cut out of it again because it's horrible to see it start creeping into it. Yeah, maybe retrospectively. So Joe Murphy deserves a lot of credit. He's obviously a club legend, has five Leinsters um, to his name, and he made a good move by bringing on his young, Willie Quinlan, young lad, and you love to see ex-legends, young lads back play, or you know playing as well. He brought him on on the freeze at half time, and he didn't miss one. Um, you know they were being missed. They were being missed in the first half. He said, Joe Murphy said after the game, Airog is a family. We pride ourselves on keeping connected and staying in touch with each other. That um, it is great that Airog are relevant in Leinster again, and I think we'll all agree on that. That it's great to see Airog um, relevant in Leinster again and back in a in a Leinster final. Bally Bowden hammered Gary Castle. Um, it was wishful thinking. Bally Bowden just looked. Geez, they look so strong. I was reading one report on this, and it's something that often crosses my mind because obviously I've played club football in in Dublin and Conan you do as well and he said the, the report said the gulf in upper body strength and athleticism was palpable like I mean and that's something like I don't care what anybody says Dublin club teams train harder than, than teams outside Dublin eh? well in my experience they do they do much yeah. better strength and conditioning programmes much better I think it's still stuck in the in the old days back in the, the clubs um, outside of Dublin where maybe you don't have the expertise, you'll do a few weights and they're nothing that special and over the course of the summer are they really kept up to the level they should be? You know, I, I don't know what you think, Conan, or like obviously coming from your club or I know from all my years playing with Port Leash, the training we did with Parnells with strength, as regards strength and conditioning was way higher than anything I'd ever done with Port Leash and this is coming from a, a much better club to a, yeah. a, a Division 2 club. I think like a, a big thing with Dublin is that everybody seems to they know the clubs a bit better. Like especially at the top table, like you, you know exactly who you're coming up against and what their what their strengths are. So, just in my experience, like you're targeting games with a lot more sort of articulation, exactly what you're doing. Like you know, and I know even Bally like Bally Bowden are a different level of game with strength and conditioning. I think, and I said this before a few weeks ago, we played them in the group stage, and the, the tactic was to not get caught in that middle third because they were simply bigger on us and stronger on us yeah. so we're trying to get it over them or just keep the ball out of there or like keep possession if we had to and even like in terms of us not having the ball we were doing like sort of rugby stuff uh, in training beforehand like manager will thank me for saying this but it was basically the idea was we're not going to be able to turn them over on our own so we have to get one man to stand up like the person on the ball could run with it as long as they want because that's sort of simulating what a Bally Bowden person could do and then we had to try and get more people in to try and turn it over right. like, and just because like they were that strong that, that's what we were targeting going into it but yeah. what didn't work <laughs> they were just uh, they were they're very sh- impressive they're yeah. very especially because they struggled to get over Nafina at that time as well they were you know they they really had to pull it out of the fire there but I don't know what you think of that Brian just seeing them tagged out I know this game wasn't on the television but in general yeah in, in, like in general obviously we played Bally Bowden played Bally Bowden in, 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 in the Hurland yeah. and look obviously played against Manny a dumb team and I do agree with your point they seem to have a different level of fitness they seem to be almost you know as a, as a group um, more into fitness but then again I suppose it can sometimes come down to a numbers game Willie because remember Clubs down the country, like the Jerry Kelly, you have to play everyone and you have to play them regardless of their shape or size and you get the best out of them as you possibly can. We don't have, we can't replace them, if that makes sense. So you just get on with it. Uh, facilities, probably obviously not as good in terms of gyms. Some clubs have, have quite good facilities, but you know it, it is certainly a little bit behind down the country. There's, there's no doubt about it. 
look, when we played Ballyboard, when the strength and size were coming into it, and there's no point saying there was, there was a massive gulf in that. But we obviously, in hurling, it's slightly different. You can let the ball do the work. Yeah. Um, you know, you can move and skill, the ball the a skill, good bit fast. And skill yeah. comes into it, exactly. So it, it can, there are ways around it, obviously, in hurling. Um, not all the time, obviously. But from time to time, you can just move that ball a little bit faster and, and, and rely on that sort of thing. And especially in heavy ground then as well, um, you, you can move that ball. Um, whereas obviously if you're relying on passing and moving, it, it sucks a lot of energy out of the body and there can be a lot of needless running yeah. um, in hurling sometimes. Yeah, no, it's not a, Yeah, but it's it's not as important in hurling, but it's still it's still important. So Desi Dolan retired again after this match. So <laughs> yeah. in fairness to Desi Dolan, I don't think Desi's doing this. Like, I mean, there's a car... Um, dealership that sponsors him and they're all over Twitter this morning and wishing him best to look on his third retirement so he's retired from Intercounty a while ago then he made the mis- a throwaway comment in Desi's defence that that's me done now with Westmead uh, football because he was finished after this yeah. year so now he had retired after the county final <laughs> this same car dealership is all over Twitter and now you're just waiting for them to lose in Leinster now he's retired again he's <laughs> so I thought that was a cl- I'd say Desi privately I was a little bit embarrassed of seeing that because then you have you have one or two other players who are also getting money from this car dealership now well wishing him the best yeah, of luck again yeah. at this and it's like Jesus Christ let the man let the man go like I mean you would be a little bit embarrassed um, embarrassed with that but John Keane probably summed it up uh, with Desi even out there today at 40 years of age he's hitting free scoring from play leading the way directing traffic everything he's just an incredible man for this club I sat inside there in the dressing room any bit of as I said inside in there in the dressing room any bit of success I ever had in my own career has been with Des and i just delighted I was out there today when he finished it off so we'll leave that at that because there's two more retirements in the hurling world uh, Brian Colum Callanan has retired and I thought that was an interesting one. He's he's an All-Star in 2015, won an All-Ireland in 17. Um, interestingly enough, he said in a statement, I'd also like to thank Shane O'Neill for his understanding and support of my decision. I'm also delighted that the transition will be made easier after accepting a coaching role in Shane's new backroom team. So, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, Shane, sorry, uh, geez, look, I'm just ringing you to tell you I'm not going to be around this year. Right, okay. Uh, right, okay, Carl, I'm disappointed. Here, I might, I'll get back on to you there. I'll, I'll give you a ring back. So I, maybe this happened in the, in the same conversation or he didn't maybe oh. think about it for a couple of days, but it's an, all right, you're, you're dropping out because he was, he, he's obviously going to be their goalkeeping coach, you would imagine, but like, I mean, yeah. he, he landed a job straight away. So I would say his partner, if he has a partner, yeah. his wife or anything, isn't too happy with it. Yeah, I'm out now, love, but I have, I have some more news for you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm back in. But he's actually, he's very, himself and Skettle obviously were number one and two there for years and Skettle took over from him. They're actually really good mates and Skettle got himself in unbelievable physical condition and it was actually with Colin Callan and through his gym. Uh, he went on a, a fitness and regime, fitness regime in, in Colin's gym. So the boys were obviously quite close even though they were in direct competition with each other. So maybe there's something in that. Maybe maybe the, the Galway selector saw something in that and saw that Colin might have something to offer for, for James Gale from that perspective. Yeah, Richie Mac- I don't know. I'm just looking at that from the outside. Obviously. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Richie McCarthy's gone too. You might have seen this. This was just announced this morning and Richie McCarthy's always described as a fan's favourite and the reason he's a fan's favourite, number one, he's his style of hurling and number two he carries a little bit of junk um, even in the champion, <laughs> even in the championship and he um, has a great chant <laughs> What's so that? simple but, but oh Richie McCarthy oh yeah the, the Limerick crowd on the terrace love singing that so uh, yeah it's real simple it's a 
Um, but uh, so it's yeah, all he's, he's Richie McCarthy. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll have to retire that one now. And that well, he's the type of fella being the fans' favourite. He'll be on the terrace with them the next game, isn't that it? That's kind of Richie's man of the people. I'll be stuck in the middle of them, yeah, with the hands. <laughs> so he's an All Ireland winner in eighteen. He got on the pitch as well at the end of that. I'm fairly sure he won a he won, did yeah won a Munster title in thirteen and won an All Star that day. So he look, he kind of started taken off from the fullback position didn't he I think that's what endeared him to the fans I think I don't want to be harsh on him with the fitness I'm sure he was more than fit enough it's just he 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 was he was kind of had it was looked like he wasn't fit is the nicest yeah, way yeah no I no I think you're right he obviously was if he was playing in the county hurl he was fit but yeah he definitely still carried a bit um yeah. but he was well able to hurl oh he was kind of yeah. like he was one of the old school fullbacks too probably still playing in the in the modern era so I think you're right I think it was lovely that he actually got back on the day of Ireland you know the last couple of minutes um, unlucky then he done his cruise shit after that and like you know saw no game time then last year so you can you can see why you know same with Colin Callan got no game time either so you can see why these guys are, are moving on after a year Paul Brown after doing something similar too in Limerick too so um, it's very hard when you're given that time probably haven't started for so long over the years and then no, no longer featuring so you can understand why they move on Ah yeah you definitely could two more pieces that were in the Sunday Independent to talk about here lads before we finish up and well Joe, Joe Brawley had a good piece and we're not going to talk about that and it was funny Joe Brawley went after the GPA last week and now Colin O'Rourke is going after them this week when the two lads uh, they have always have the GPA in their, in their sights anyways and Colin O'Rourke writes a piece that I agree with He's talking about the the, the uh, Super 11s or whatever they're called out in, it was in New York this year. So it was Kilkenny, Limerick, Tipperary and Wexford. Elite teams, you know, no Joe yeah. McDonough Cup winners like Leash being asked out, which I think is just outrageous, especially at that 11s game. Leash would have more than enough skillful players to be able to, to, be able to play that. Um, so he says four Irish teams Kilkenny, Limerick, Tipperary, Wexford played out this newfangled version with soccer goals and some type of scoring system which nobody understands I imagine the promotion of hurling will be better served by these four teams spending a weekend in some of the weaker counties maybe doing a bit of training with teams on a Saturday with an exhibition game against the county side on a Sunday um, I thought that was a great point I've said this on the show before would, would these lads not be better off doing something like that Brian it makes sense you've played this bastardised version of yeah. hurling what, what, it's not hurling what is it oh you're dead right bastardised it's just a bastard of a game you didn't um, you didn't say no to the trip at the same time did you <laughs> I'd have got no trip excuse me I played, I played in Crow Park oh, in was the in Crow Park the, the um, um, American football game oh, was where right. I played uh, I didn't get the trip um, I got enough trips now to be fair I was lucky from that perspective but uh, no I didn't get on this one but I didn't enjoy it one bit and I love hurling <laughs> and, and usually all forms of hurling but I don't know what it was about this um, I don't know if it's confined spaces or um, you couldn't you couldn't kick the ball, you couldn't hand pass it twice in a row. It just goes against kind of some of the nature of, of, of the actual game, especially in tight spaces like that. Yeah. And as he said, a different scoring system as well, um, scoring outside the 20 metres on and off the hurl and all these sort of, just, I don't know, I, I it wasn't for me, I didn't find it enjoyable at all. Um, and, I, and obviously look I love scoring goals but I just didn't seem to take to it and I certainly take Colm's point um, what a you know what a waste of money essentially and I know GPL fight back saying that it was all sponsored and, and all that and it doesn't cost the GA or the GPA any money but you know for El to raise that type of money could we not spend it elsewhere uh, on certainly more important things and even Colm's is, is certainly one idea that would stack up it would be a great idea like I think you touched on it as well, like the four teams that actually end up going, you know, I think 
three of those teams are actually going on team holidays as it is. Yeah. You know, so I, I certainly know of certain players that didn't go to New York last weekend because they, they couldn't get enough um, holidays from their jobs to go on this because they, they looked at that and the, as the, the, the least important of the trips that are ahead of them. And the All-Stars are obviously on this year too. So, um, you know, it's the same people getting to go on the same trips, I suppose. Me having heard from Offaly for years, you never get to go on any trip. There's no such thing as a team holiday. Uh, now, I was lucky enough, I, I did get in a couple of all-star trips and, and three trips with Leinster as well. But, you know, I was probably one of the lucky ones in Offaly. But the vast majority of players from Offaly, Antrim, Leash, all these counties, they never, they don't know what a team holiday is. They have no. no idea of it. So it, it is quite frustrating. Yeah. I think the money could be spent better elsewhere. Well, that's the thing. I know that like they make a lot of money at a private function um, when they're over there because of all the players that they can actually have at it. But I don't know, Conan, how they can make money from the actual game. Nobody was at it. Did you see the pictures? Like, whatever about the first one in Boston, it looked like there was a decent crowd there, but there was no one at this one. Like, I mean, it's bizarre. So unless they're taking the hit on that and making enough money out of this dinner where there's like some outrageous prices, like 25 grand for one experience. Yeah. Like, are they taking a hit anyway and trying to just promote the game abroad? Do you know, and I know it's, it's not, not hurling. You see, it's a bizarre thing because it's not hurling. What's been promoted? I don't know. Like, and part of me, part of me does like. That's a good point that Brian makes about the. There's, there's already enough holidays, especially for these boys. Part of me was thinking, actually, sure, isn't it great for the players that they get to go away? I do think it would be better served if they had more counties going out and getting to go away. Then there'd be less complaining. I'd, like, and Colin Rook's point is bang on too. I was just wondering, like, could you just do both? But. I, I don't know why they're not just playing hurling out there. Even like play hurling and goals only if that's what you want to do. Or like, do you know if, if you're trying to sort of yeah. make something a little bit different, but why is it not just the normal rules? It doesn't make sense. It's a, it's definitely a silly one. We'll have Paul Flynn hopefully on the show here in the next couple of weeks and we might put some of these um, points to him. Another controversy, Conan, is Mead. Brian's had to leave us there. He's, uh, the school bell rang. It's, uh, <laughs> this podcast is recorded on his lunch hour, so it's now 1.54. The second bell has gone off for school, so we couldn't keep him on any longer. So there's a Mead GA controversy. This was in the Independent as well. And it's, we remember talking about this before. It's about the Mead County Board Chairman, Peter O'Halloran. So he's not going to be sanctioned. He's going to get no suspension for calling on a referee to ride another club. So this was confirmed um, on Saturday. So the background to this is that O'Halloran's county board chairman. Now think about this. Um, he was county of he was chairman of the county's uh, CCC. Rather, he sent messages to a referee saying, "I'm be sending you to ride slain in a month or so." A minute later, he followed up with tramps. <sighs> um, then three weeks later, on April the third, this is in 2017, uh, the referee sent. O'Halloran a message saying when do you need me to go to Slane <laughs> almost two hours later O'Halloran replied May or June when things die down he followed that up with see you later now the context of this is that O'Halloran's club uh, Drum Conrad there's me with my usual pronunciation of clubs I've never heard of his club and Slane played in a game that was abandoned a very controversial game so that's why he's calling them tramps and that's why he's saying he's sending this referee to basically cheat Right. So uh, what I find interesting about this is why he felt comfortable sending it this to that referee. Do you know what I mean? I'd be wondering about this referee anyways. Like, I mean, why would your man be comfortable that a referee has done the right thing and has reported this? So like maybe I'm being a bit harsh on him, but it's a very bizarre thing for some official to send to a referee, unless they were good friends. And, you know, I he's, he, has, he, hasn't denied, um, he hasn't denied sending it. Um, so that's it. So as it comes down to it, he's not going to receive any suspension and there's actually talk of him running 
He's been, he's not chairman anymore. There's talk of him potentially running again. And the reason that, the reason that he's not going to get a suspension is because Liam Keane, who's the county board solicitor, he thought that under rule 7.3, number five, they had no powers to suspend O'Halloran because the rule states that evidence or information shall not be accepted or considered unless applicable to a period not longer than 96 weeks prior. So because it was further back than 96 weeks they they can't punish him then even it's though fine. then it's fine you can do anything you want like that as long as it it's kept under wraps and if it comes out and it's only exposed well then you're pretty much you're 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 free to go pretty much is it and he can run again is is not unbelievable like ah uh, but that's that we, we've talked about GA rules and how much of a farce there and these technicalities yeah. but that's completely wrong now that man should not be involved in any exactly. administration of G Gaelic games again there's no You'd want you'd want to be a fool to argue against that. Yeah, like the, the rule is stupid as it is, but why on earth would anybody in Meath County Board now want this guy to be involved? Like, how does that make them look? Yeah, like it's it's terrible. Like, and every club person, I'm sure, has a bit of paranoia about the county board and how they're being treated, and they probably have a ref who doesn't like them. This just confirms it for for Meath people, like you know, especially for Slane people, that there's somebody at the top who's like deliberately targeting them. Yeah. Like it's crazy. And it's I, crazy. And credit to the referee for, for bringing this to the atten- for yeah. to people's attention because uh, to be honest with you, would you think something like that wouldn't be an uncommon thing? No, I would hope it no, wouldn't be it, but yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me because don't think county board officials don't have club loyalties as well. Like yeah. I mean, you know, and that's again GA politics <laughs> you keep coming back to. I just can't believe that somebody in the Meath County Board w- would not think, look, this looks terrible. Like yeah. take a step back. For 96 weeks. But even O'Halloran <laughs> shouldn't be going running again. Like, I mean, you've practically brought the game into disrepute there, mate. Just sit it out. You've been caught. Sit it out, you know, yeah. help out with your club, but you won't be on any county boards anymore. Why would you even want... Anyways, there's talk about him running again, so we don't know that he definitely will. So I just thought that was an, uh, an interesting one. Last story, but not least, is Mullinavat. It's all about Mullinavat here. So they beat Rose and Alice, and I can tell you firsthand, Rose and Alice are a good club intermediate side. They're the least champions... Um, they hammered Portlaoise in the semi-final and I played against them last year. I was in Australia for that game this year. I played against them last year and they beat us as well and they were a bloody good team then mm-hmm. as well. And I think they won the double, the intermediate double. Very good club. So that just puts in context what, uh, you know, what a brilliant win for Mullinavad. We're going to do something on these before the Leinster Absolutely. final, Conan, we have to. Yeah, like they beat Ballybuckle, the Dublin champions yeah. as well. And like the, the whole squad play hurling, they train hurling all year. And then apparently, I think they got three weeks before the Ballybuckle game to start like preparing for yeah. football. Listen, they, they, we can't say things like this because the hurling snobs will be telling us <laughs> any bad hurler can play football. And you're just, you're, go, you're going to start proving this now. Oh shit. <laughs> well, I'm glad Brian Carroll is gone because he would have been laughing yeah. on the other end, end of the line. Right, we'll leave it there, Conan. We've gone way over time, I'd imagine, um, as usual. We'll talk to Johnny Kelly next. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. Um, but you didn't we... let Shamey talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. Yeah. You know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, at that. No, absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes, you know. Okay. Go but no, earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then right. he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. <laughs> The 
So Boris Lee are Munster champions after beating Gunnar against the odds. Um, uh, four to one they were yesterday uh, before the game and their manager Johnny Kelly joins us on the line now. Four to one was mentioned in a couple of interviews after the match, Johnny. I, I was, Colm. I think, yeah, yeah. Look, at we were rank outsiders yesterday, like, and uh, I suppose it was a, probably a motivational factor for us. And, uh, you know, um, we didn't mention too much. Like, we, we more concentrated on, on getting the performance out of ourselves. And um, thankfully, we got that yesterday. And lucky enough, came out the right side of a, of a Titanic struggle. Yeah. Uh, I'm very happy today. Because it was, yeah. defi- it was definitely a struggle, I suppose. When Bally Gunner got the goal to put them back one up after you doing so much good work, you, you, you'd be a little bit concerned at that stage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, it, it was a goal that came not against the run of play, like, but uh, I suppose the one time that we actually got exposed at the back, I said, uh, I, I, like I said afterwards, that, you know, how, how uh, Barry Sullivan goes to the into that side, like, it was, it, was, it was a great move from them, like, and uh, he finished it really well, and uh, I put him a pint up about two minutes ago, but I look, conditions that were there, and uh, at that stage we were up and we were running, we were running pretty well, and um, I was confident enough that we'd, we'd stay in the game, so. Yeah, I thought your comments before the game were very good, um, Johnny. You said, I don't buy into having nothing to lose. I hear the monkey off your back and bonus territory. You have something to lose. A Munster final and we're there to compete. A lot of managers over teams who have just won a county title in a long time use that kind of stuff. Um, you weren't entertaining it. Um, I suppose, yeah. Look, at I, I do realise like, that, you know, that you can talk about bonus territory. Like, and it is a fact like, that... It, that you are, and, and it's a feel-good factor about winning your first one. Like, but you, you you definitely have to consider where you're at in a certain stage of the championship. Like, and yeah, when you take the field in a competitive environment like that, you really uh, must put your best foot forward, and you know, as um, ensure that uh, everyone's headed in the right place. So, you know, yeah, absolutely, you, you're in these games to win, and um, at that level, like, um, you must look to get a performance first and see where that takes you. So. Absolutely, we had our heads in the right place. I said all weekend, and, and uh, we were happy with the way and out. You definitely did. When when it got, it kind of got into a battle, didn't it, Johnny? With the with the conditions and stuff like that. And when when it was in a battle, you were you were in there with a great chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, the conditions um, probably suited more direct type of play yesterday, so we tried that. And to be fair to Ballygunner, like they're an excellent side too. Like and they. They did. They they broke back up the field and got some good ball inside to Desi Hutchinson, who, who had a good game yesterday for Valley Gunner. Like, but yeah. we stayed true to the way we set up, and um, uh, it, it isn't it isn't pretty. Uh, and sometimes it, it can backfire. But um, we had excellent performances. Brendan had had a game for the ages, like at uh, centre back, and, and he moved out pretty well and got on some good ball. And you know. Um, all the heart and desire that you want from a club's team was there and evident, greatly evident yesterday. So, um, yeah, uh, it worked and, you know, hopefully it continues to work. Yeah, you even had the young fellas like James Devaney tracking back and you moved him out there because maybe you wanted to go with the long ball and Jerry Kelly throwing his weight around. I'm a big Jerry Kelly fan, I was saying on the show here um, in part yeah. one. He's be a real fan's favourite. But even those young lads, no problem doing that hard work. Absolutely, like I mean, your forwards, like your primary job there is to, is to score, or, or but um, to work great and, and uh, the resilience that these young fellas show uh, yesterday, but not even yesterday, just through the Tipperary Championship as well, like the tackles and the hoops and blocks that they're putting in, like is critical to the game. And um, again, they're not found wanting, and we rely on those guys as well heavily. Yeah, exactly. Brian Carroll was on the show here in in part one. He told yeah. me you were on to him about the two the two young fellas playing in a school match last last week. Yeah, uh, I look, 
Yeah, obviously we're trying to protect him like we're playing in the most of the final uh, maybe three, four days afterwards like so uh, I know Timple Moore then we're in the Harty Cup and um, you know they have a job to do too look so we have to try and protect these guys and make sure that they're in good peak or in peak condition for you know most of the final but look in fairness to them they came on they did the job with Temple Moore and uh, played with their club then on the Sunday and did a, did, a, did a really good job for us so yeah they're great guys like, and, yeah, in, in a weird way isn't it like I mean that's not the right preparation for a Munster final and these lads I know they're only young fellas but then you win the county final for the first time in 33 years I'm sure you celebrated Saturday, Sunday I don't know about Tuesday you'll have to tell me and then you're able to go out and beat Glen Rovers the following week I don't know Like, is there too much made out of these drink bans and things like this when you see Nave Connell up in up in uh, Donegal are able to beat the Cavan champions with a two day turnaround after being out after winning county championships Oh yeah, but there's a huge trust element there. Like, and you, we trust these guys. Like, they're, 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 it's an amateur sport. Like, and certainly you have to enjoy the sport first of all, and you have to be able to socialise as well. Like, but there is a limit to it, and they realise where that line is, and they don't cross it. And uh, um, there has to be a bit of give and take. It is a club game at the end of the day, and I think yeah, you could be right. I said maybe, as I said, maybe there are too much made of. of um, uh, Courtailing guys and keeping lads off of uh, social events and stuff like that. What there is no doubt, like you have to, be, you can't be foolish either. You have to, um, you know, rein guys in at the times. But I've no problems with that in Bursley. Never had, and I, I don't think I ever will. Um, they're they're a good bunch, and um, they know where the line is, as I said, and, and uh, they don't cross it. Right, there's been some turnaround since the North Tip final that you lost. Like I mean, momentum is a huge thing, and you just got that run at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would look at North, go back to North final. Like I mean. You're coming off the back of five games there, like uh, and the previous Sunday was a, was a, a semi final. We went to extra extra time. Uh, the two young players, as you previously mentioned, there had played minor on the Saturday beforehand, like so it wasn't really conducive to a good play. I think people were disappointed in that the North final was a bit of a non-event as in, in terms of of quality. But as I said to one of the reporters, what did you really expect? You know, you can't um, go that many games and, and expect them to be brilliant every day. So we realised that pretty quickly after the, the North final refocused um, and set out our stalls for the, for the coming weeks and took each game on its own merits or, or looked at each team that we were playing individually and, and planned accordingly and, you know, we are where we are. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the awful tragedies in, in Boris Ali um, recently and the yeah. players have all mentioned it and they mentioned it after the county final. Is that something you would have used as a motivating thing or is it too emotional, no. you know, to be drawing on stuff not like that? Not at all, no. Players themselves? Absolutely not, Colm. Yeah. To, be, to be fair, it's just a whole different ball game there. I mean, the tragedies are, are, are what they are. The tragedies are terrible for the families that are still grieving, like, and, and you know, it's not something we bring into the dressing room. Um... Yes, we had we talked about it to some of the guys that would be friends of of, of these particular individuals. It was a tough time, and it still remains a tough time. Um, sport can never um, alleviate the grief that that these people feel. Like, but it's it, in 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 respect to that, uh, you go out and you, you you play a sport, and you know you do well for your parish. It brings a bit of joy to an area, and that's, that's the key key thing. Like, there's a bit of happiness around Borussia this morning again, and uh, everyone is in. Uh, Really good form. Right, okay. Well, that's it. I think it was uh, Jerry Kelly in his interview afterwards said he'd been up at the graveyard of his two friends before, yes, before yes, the game. Yes, that's, that's yes, you know, yes. his own personal choice or whatever. Like yeah, absolutely, I, yeah. yeah. We, we, were saying, we were saying in part one that the sports psychologist will tell you not to be playing on emotion or not having, you know, not, not to get too no, emotional yeah. before a match. No, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Look at me. 
yeah, you have to be composed. I suppose composure is the greatest state an athlete can be in. And um, yeah, while there'll be emotion and there'll be, there'll be uh, times that you'll be a little bit um, under pressure in big games, like, um, composure really is the key. And, and uh, once we... Um, once we have that moving up in the field, it's energy really, isn't it? We need to get onto the field with as much energy as possible and uh, uh, you look at performance and we just we don't look about winning. We, we look to get a performance first of all and see if that's good enough to win games. Right, OK. I won't keep you too much longer because I know you want to get you have to get back and uh, do a bit of celebrating, <laughs> which is completely understandable. I need to ask you about Offaly though because, like, I mean, you're in off, as yeah. Offaly's coach under Michael Fennelly, who's manager, and the two of you are going to be double-jobbing. These Offaly lads are going to have a free ride before Christmas till the two of you are, 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 uh, are, are able to show up the training. Uh, not at all, but Michael's a very <laughs> professional guy. Like <laughs> Michael knows he's hurling, like, and uh, um, he, he's really impressed me already as, as, with his ability as a manager. Like he's really has his finger on the pulse there, and you know he's set out a good uh, schedule, and uh, we're we're working really well together and dovetailing there. Like yes, the weekends are busy, but you know there's, there's still plenty of time and and to, to serve both. Yeah. Offaly and, uh, and Sport Valley Hale and Boris Lee. It's definitely a busy time and you avoid each other until the final. I know you won't look ahead too far to that, but I'm sure there's a few jokes, text messages been sent around uh, amongst the two of you. It's actually interesting that you, you play the Galway champions. Obviously, you, you're um, a Galway man, yeah. so you'll know plenty about uh, St. Thomas's. Yeah, brilliant team, like, and have been in Galway for a number of years, like, and, uh, you know, they're the one team in Galway that, you know, consistently performs and... Um, has some real quality all over the field again in Conor Cooney, David Burke, Ian Burke, uh, like uh, Fenton Burke, a, a great uh, prospect for Galway just back from a cruciate. Yeah. Ligament injury, who's, he, he came back in the county final and got two great points. Seriously, physical team as well, like, and, uh, you know, we're not looking beyond that. Actually, today, and then, you know, maybe next week or the week after, we'll, we'll start looking at St. Thomas's and, Planned for the 4th to 5th of January. You've won an All-Ireland as manager with Portumne in 09. You were involved in, in, as a selector, I think, in another couple of wins. You won an intermediate with Al- Abby Nockmoy and you won a senior with Kulderi, as Brian um, Carroll was telling us as well. How, yeah, how, club, yeah. how, how does winning with other clubs as manager compare to winning with your own club as manager? Um... Oh look! I was lucky to be involved with with a, with, a, with a brilliant bunch of players in Port Tumlin, like you're talking about Ollie Canning and Joe, Joe Canning and uh, uh, like Damien Hayes, Hayes, of course. And, yeah. And yeah, yeah, excellent player. Like and and Jupiter Nile. Like I mean, we had a, we had a special bunch that time. Like ah, uh, winning with your own club, it's 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 really really special, and and uh, you know it's something that I'll cherish forever. And but it's no less sweeter. It's no less sweet. Like in in Boris Lee or Kulderi when we won those titles. Like and. This is particularly satisfying at the moment in Boris Lee, like given that you know they're a small parish, numbers are tight, like but they're doing incredible work here, like and it's not just an honour to be to be sharing the dressing with the likes of Brendan Maher and Paddy Staple and Dan McCormick and these guys, like and, you know, I'm just happy to help out. Exactly. We have six weeks to prepare now. It used to be twelve or thirteen from your time with Portumna. I saw Kevin O'Brien, the Corrafin right. manager, saying he used to give them a bit of time off, which a lot of clubs do. But that's kind of off the table pretty much now with six weeks. So you'll have to your next job when you you fi- finish up celebrating today is to try and think of how to fill up that six weeks over the Christmas and everything. I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah, I should take a week off. Really, I suppose is the first thing, and uh, maybe give them next weekend off and then back into training. Uh, and I suppose we're looking at the end maybe four or five weeks you're probably looking at maybe challenge games or, or getting a couple of games like that just to keep guys on their toes and you know um, yeah it's 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 probably a tricky one to handle um, if you could take off a bit of time uh, it might 
you know, it's very hard to get going again. So it may be a good thing. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, listen, Johnny, thanks very much for taking the time for us and congratulations yesterday. Okay, Colin, listen, cheers. Thanks for that. Yeah, we, I, we do. Yeah, we have a farm back home, so we have, we have a big farm back home, and we have, we have uh, cattle and sheep, and we have a few donkeys as well. So, um, we had a couple of Philly donkeys. Uh, so, I brought them down, and so we did actually sold them to, uh, I think, like four donkeys on the day, and we sold them to a man from Wexford. So, we did. So, there's, there's the piebald donkeys from there, and there's the, the uh, traditional donkey, and there's the, the Spanish donkey, and then there's the, the Spanish donkey. Yeah, you see, you see them on the on the beaches, never. And so, um, yeah, you can actually. One time, one time the the donkey was useless, right? But now some people have started to get back into them because you can use them for headage, and uh, it's used towards your, would say, your bonuses, your grants. A donkey, a donkey eat and a donkey eat a palace. So Paddy Power performance of the weekend, Conan, and the first one is Chris Blake, um, who scored 1-5, corner forward for uh, Air Oag. What a brilliant goal to start the game off with after, geez, less than a minute. Like, he actually looked surprised it went in. Did you <laughs> notice that when he, like, he went for it? Yeah. He just kind of was almost stunned that it, it was just such a sweet strike. It was like, couldn't strike it better. Did, did he pull it too much in his mind? Did he think he maybe just pulled it a bit too far? But Went in off the post. Like Brody's a brilliant uh, goalkeeper. That's just unsavable. And to go for a goal that early from that distance, like I've yeah. said this lots of times, the easy thing there is to tap it over, get yourself off the mark as a number 13. You know what I mean? And a, a score is a good score. A point is a good score at that yeah. stage. Jeez, it was a brave, it was a brave goal to go for at that time, and to not even like yeah, take it a bit further. Like you said, he just stood yeah. there and just drilled very confident. It, like, and the camera angle was class because it was just we could see it was going in the whole time, and you could just see Brody planted, knowing that if I yeah. dive, I'm not going to make that flight. So ah, oh, it was brilliant. Like and just yeah, like confident and just so much conviction. Just catch the ball, turn, stay where he is, and just put it off the post. And yeah, no, <laughs> brilliant. It was an absolutely brilliant goal. Talking of brilliant goals, Kieran Lillis scored a brilliant goal as well, and he was playing really well uh, before he got sent off. A brilliant outside of the left um, like I said his left foot is his weaker foot but I think the goalkeeper you'd probably say he was at fault yeah. an inter-county goalkeeper wouldn't have let that in I'd say it probably shocked him because if you're coming in from that angle you're probably not expecting him to go for the near post because that's where you should have kind of covered off but he didn't yeah. have a covered off Lillis to his credit spotted that and put in a bullet off the, the outside of two out well, maybe it was more of a punt but the, you know off his weaker foot had enough pace on it, an yeah. inter-county goalie wouldn't have allowed a goal like that in, that's fair to say. Yeah, no, I think the keeper should have said the but in fairness, like, Lillis was coming across, like he was about to hand pass across the, the goals, and you could see it in the replay. He might have taken a step, he kept yeah. looking, and then he just drilled it, like, and it was low and hard as well, like, so he, he did strike it very well, but you still think the keeper should save it, but, like, it was a brilliant run from Lillis, and I didn't know, I, I thought he must have been left-footed, especially after the point. Yeah. Outside of the boot, like with your weaker foot. Yeah, he's had a great year for Portlaoise. He's been a, a, like an exception to a lot of them who haven't probably been playing as well as they could. He's had as good of a year as he's ever had with uh, with Portlaoise. And I think playing midfield regularly with, with Leash, you know, yeah. is really helping his game. Because he, he played a, a lot of wing-back, he played a lot of centre-back, and he's a big fella. He's not the fastest fella, but he's he's 
a great football brain and he's all the skills, you know, off both feet. And he's not the best fetcher in the world, but he's able to get around the field and he's got a great engine and he's definitely found his uh, his best position at this stage. Brendan Maher was just on another planet uh, yesterday. Like the point from play he got at a really important, a really important time. You know, you say... Intercounty players should be standing up and are counted at club level, and he just looked an intercounty player playing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Playing that game, and I thought Desi Hutchinson did as well. But Brendan Maher just looked like, geez, you, you, if you came and you never saw a hurling game before, you said yeah. that lad, he's uh, he he's able to play at a higher level than this. Yeah, like that that touch, obviously that he came and like, there's a big scramble in the middle of the pitch, yeah. and he just comes and flicks. Like he robbed him, like he just picked her pocket yeah. and was gone. Like someone on Twitter called it, said it was like a, a chess master landing into a game of drafts, <laughs> just taking it on to a whole other level. Like, but yeah, Brennan, you mentioned Hutchinson as well. His accuracy is unbelievable. Yeah. Like he's putting over from all sorts of angles. Yeah, um, but Brennan doesn't Martin, drive them too hard. They all just kind of kind of drop over the the line. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Crossbar, you know, he's not, he, they're not rockets or anything. He just knows his range and is getting mm. them over from that, that's that range. Colin Cooper trick in the hurling. Yeah, maybe. just yeah. put them over, just get them over, pass, pass them over. over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Stevie McDonald. Maybe he imagines a man standing on the crossbar. <laughs> Any of our football show listeners will know what I'm talking about there. Um, yeah, so he was saying after the game himself and Dan McCormack, we're going to have to sacrifice the tip team holiday, but we'll gladly do that. This is enough of a holiday for us. So like, I mean, that's a... Look, I understand that that's more important than a team holiday, but wouldn't it be nice to be able to do both? Yeah. Uh, what is it, six weeks until their game? Six weeks, fourth and fifth. Like, we get no Christmas off here either, Conan. Yeah. <laughs> we're, back in, we're back in Thursday the 2nd for these uh, All-Ireland semi-finals. Yeah, like, w- could you not go on the holiday for a week? Maybe a few days. Well, and- last year, wasn't it, the Ballyhill Shamrocks fellas, Henry Shefflin allowed TJ and Colin Fennelly go out to that wild geese. Yeah, and that was the week before the Leinster final, wasn't it? And he explained it. He had a good explanation. I can't exactly think of it now. It was like uh, they have the work done, or they were going to play a game over there. Yeah, or no, I don't think they actually played the game. But he didn't want to. He didn't want to stand in the way of a of a trip like that. It was a it was a weird one because you would imagine a manager wouldn't be allowing their players go the week before that. Yeah, you know? like I suppose a team holiday is a booze up, so that's out of that's you know out of the question. Maybe they're not anymore, Conan. Maybe, maybe they're not. Yeah, maybe they're training over there and all. Yeah, maybe the boys don't want to go on a training holiday. They pro- they, would, you, would you believe they probably uh, they probably are training over there? Because when we went on a holiday after winning the Leinster final to South Africa in two thousand and four, we trained. We actually trained the second uh, day we got over there, and I missed the training. I was of at, course you I was, did. <laughs> you know, on, and I was on really thin ice with with O'Dwyer, and I went out thinking I'm going to use this holiday to prove to this man now that you know that I'm a good lad and that you know he can count on me and I'm committed. The very first training session, <laughs> I, I we were out the night before, and yeah. uh, I ended up back in the room with an air hostess, and I told her to to set her alarm. And she didn't say it. <laughs> Needless to say, we fell out. <laughs> but anyways, I went out. So I ran down after realising I was like a half hour late. They were after doing like 20 laps, which is normal enough for Mikko, in the, in the heat. And I got, in, I got out just as they were finishing up. And I ran over to Mikko. I says, Mikko, I'm really sorry. And I told him, I said, she didn't set the alarm, would you? <laughs> and uh, Mikko didn't believe me. He just ignored me, walked straight past me. So what I did was I... Uh, 
I told the county secretary to stay out with me and I did exactly the 20 laps that they did on my own with his supervision. Oh, yeah, that was good. So he went in at least and he would have reported this back to O'Dwyer and O'Dwyer ended up, he was a gas man, Mickey, he ended up seeing me sitting beside Yuan at the pool uh, later on that day and then he was you know, t- t- clapping his hands. Understood. Yeah, you know, yeah, kind of, you know, s- laughing with the lads. Look at the other lad. <laughs> I love the way you said there, uh, Miku didn't believe you as if you had a really valid excuse. <laughs> it's like, you yeah, know, she alarm. didn't set the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. But anyways, listen, but uh, Sean Gannon, we have to give him a mention, even though we've criticised him badly. Usually when you dive like that, you don't make a nomination for performance of the weekend. But like he meant, he was very good and he's a player, that he's one of Carlo's best players. Very, very, tasty player very good on the ball um, and at club level again mm. you know those good inter-county players should be standing out and he did yeah he was so impactful and everything that they were doing good it was sort of going through him and he was getting fouled a lot as well in fairness like he was a target man but you said about Brendan Maher um, him and Kieran Nillis it was the same scenario I think they just looked to cut above everybody else and the two of them were trying to drag their teams to, to victory it's a shame they weren't like directly marking each other that would have been nice to see yeah. but I think they wanted to keep both of them free maybe that was it yeah maybe that was it Liam Silk is the final nomination like I mean we've covered this before uh, teams dropping off leaving Liam Silk with a, 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 a free run it was a goal in the last game a good goal left inside his own a rocket this time he's got a great record of getting goals and he takes penalties and Porrick Joyce will have a role for him I'm sure a more attacking role than he than he deserves really like I mean playing like he can man-mark when he came on when I, well, he, when I first noticed him he was man-marking Dear McConnelly and Tullamore in an All-Ireland semi-final mm. when Currafane upset Vincent's um, that year Jeez, that could have been 15 maybe or something and I kind of had him Jeez, that man's a good man just to track a lad there's a whole lot more to him than that oh, yeah. so maybe you might like to see him as a number 7 maybe and, and with the licence to get forward as much as he can yeah because he's got such good attacking instincts as well the, the surprise like, he's got the two goals in the last two rounds like he started to move, sort of. You know, he's been in half forward, passed it off, and ran on ahead, and nobody followed him. Now he's got great pace and timing of his run, but it's just like it's Liam Silk. He can't. He's not like a normal cornerback that you can leave off. He's yeah. only punishy, and he's punished the last two teams, and they've sort of been the difference in the games both times. Yeah, two two really big goals. Anyways, that's it. They're the nominations, and I think it's very obvious who the performance of the weekend is. It's Brendan Maher. Outstanding stuff from him. Um, trying to tie him down to get him on this show, and he's very elusive. He doesn't like he doesn't like doing anything the day after a game, anyways. Yeah. yeah so, like, I mean, I like a bit of mystique around these boys as well. <laughs> well, he does a lot. Of, he does. It's not like he he refuses to do media. He does mm. plenty of media. It's just I'm trying to tie him down after winning a match, and <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not it's not always that easy. So, thanks very much to um, Johnny Kelly for at least taking that call today, because I know it's not easy the day after a game, and the easiest thing to do is just let let it ring out and or not reply to a text. So, anyone, all the lads that do reply and answer or phone on a Monday we appreciate it a lot and so did people listening so Brendan Maher performance the weekend All-Ireland county title Munster title and Paddy Power lucky pants what a year congratulations <laughs> to Brendan right we'll be back on we might be back Wednesday this week because obviously we talked about the great debate being on Thursday so I might try and look at the schedule and we might do the this show on on Wednesday this week so we'll talk to you either Wednesday or Thursday good luck the GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer bet gets a goal. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. 
but it's harder to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.